Welcome to the Austin Tea Show. I'm T. And I'm Aust. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA, um, talk a little bit about college basketball, and then end with some uh, funny questions to let you guys know a little bit more about ourselves. So let's get into it. Um, Austin, what do you want to talk about? Um, I'm just going to start with one of the most crazy basketball scores I've seen in a long time. It was last night the Kings and the Clippers played in L.A., and the Sacramento Kings won 176 to 175 behind Malik Monk's 44 points, De'Aaron Fox's 12 assists. And it was quite the crazy game. Um, it seemed like the Clippers were in control for most of the game. The Kings were coming off a back-to-back. They played Portland last night in Sac- or the night before in Sacramento, and it was a they kind of got an easy win there because Portland kind of sat their guys out. But usually on a back-to-back, um, the usually the stakes are a little bit not as big, and you kind of get like a lackadaisical performance from your team when they go on a back-to-back. But the Kings did not do that. They felt like they had something to prove, and they were down by 14 with four minutes and 30 seconds left. And it seemed like the Clippers were just going to pull away. I think it was 145 to 131, and uh, Malik Monk and Darren Fox decided to come back and put on a hell of a performance. I forgot how much De'Aaron Fox had. De'Aaron Fox had 42 42. points. That's, and they, yeah, they just had an incredible game. And uh, I think the Kings don't get a lot of respect from a lot of people because overall this was, this is like the first year they brought a team together. And it usually when you put a team together in the first year, it's not going to usually end well in the playoffs, but they've been playing really hard. They got that a Warriors assistant, um, Mr. Brown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel like they are they got something going in Sacramento. They at least got a nice core to build around. They got that rookie, um, Keegan Smith, I th- or Murray. Yeah, Keegan Murray, the uh, the small forward. Yeah, um, the Kings definitely feel like they're heading in the right direction. Um, it feels like they're a little bit of a like a fraud as far as their standing in the in the NBA right now. Um, I think they're what like the four seed. They're the three. The three seed. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see that happening. I think they might finish as a three seed. Like really? I, don't, I, I don't. I don't know if there's gonna be anyone that's gonna catch them. Dang. I mean, I'm just. I'm a little hesitant to say they're gonna end at the three seed because I just think they're so young and they're not in a. They haven't been there before, especially with the Suns breathing down their neck right now with the talent the Suns have. I think they're gonna make the playoffs for sure. Uh, but I just see. I see them with an early exit. You know, I think they're they're definitely heading in the right direction, but um, but they have uh, their core. I think is just a little too young at the moment. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule. It's definitely not one of the tougher schedules. I'm going to say that. <laughs> I think the Kings actually have a very good Washington. Chance. Yeah, they got they got a lot of Eastern San Conference. Antonio. They got a long lot of Eastern Conference teams who are kind of on the decline. New Orleans. They got Portland a few times, who isn't much. They got New Orleans. They got they got the Spurs. Like they have some favorable matchups where I see them getting a lot of wins, but I do understand maybe the concern of Phoenix coming down on them. But I do think the the Kings don't get a lot of like the hype that a lot of these other teams are getting just because they other fact that they're in like Sacramento and no one really it's a small market and no one really cares about it. Yeah, the let's Kings. be honest. If you've been to Sacramento, yeah, it's not not really great. Um yeah, they're just one of those small market teams in the NBA where even if they have like a really good squad, 
and a surprising squad, the NBA is just not going to put them on TV. Yeah, and I, and it's kind of unfortunate because there's teams like the Lakers who are on TV twice a week, and they're yeah. currently the 14 seed. I know the Lakers have gotten a lot better, and I know that they're probably going to end up being a good playoff team and a scary team that no one wants to see in the playoffs. But before this, like putting before the Lakers got the team they have now, putting them on TV every night was just like right. awful. And not and not to like compare the teams at all, uh, because I think that the team that I'm going to compare the Kings to is, is much better. But um, the Kings are kind of reminding me of like a, a like a Portland, right? With they have a star and they have a good. And they have a guy who can possibly be a number two, as we saw last night with Malik Monk and and Portland in their early years. Yeah, but like, and 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 you never really saw Portland on TV, even though Dame was killing it per usual, because they're just a small market. So I think um, I think the Kings are are similar in that sense. Yeah, um, I was pretty excited last night when it came to it. Um, The Thunder were on national television, which is, and of course. SGA doesn't play the one time they get on national television, <laughs> yeah. but like I'm excited when the NBA puts our young talent on TV because I love our old talent, but it's always nice to be able to watch guys like De'Aaron Fox and guys like SGA who are young rising right. stars. I would I would even say that like think about it this way, right? So like when we were growing up, we were playing basketball. We weren't watching like the the the, uh, the old guys. Yeah, the OGs in the game. We weren't watching like, yeah, we'd watch Chris Paul, but he wasn't someone we looked up to, right? Mm-hmm. It was we were we were looking up to Steph Curry and yeah. Dame. Yeah, like right? the guys. That, yeah, we're, like, we, we were looking we, up yeah. to the young guys, man. The guys closer to us. We couldn't really relate to the guys who the were the guys you which watched their mixtapes when you were in like yes, high school. Exactly. Like, you were like, oh, sh- oh, they, shit. These guys I remember, in the league now. I remember, yeah. I remember Curry at Davidson, or I remember. Yeah. Lillard at Weber State, and if you say you remember Lillard at Weber State, and you don't live in Utah, you're a fat liar. Yeah, that is. You're true. a liar. Yeah, you're a liar. <laughs> I'm just maybe saying. if you were from if you watched, went if you went to Weber State yeah. and you said this guy was legit, I respect that right. because that's fair. But if you weren't, like, then don't just, lie. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, like if they put if they put more of the young stars like SGA um, on TV, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, there's I mean, other. There's so many yeah. exciting players. I feel like just don't get a lot of attention. a lot of love. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. But um, let's cover a little bit more of last night's action. What do you got for us, Steve? Um, I'm gonna be a homer and talk about the Warriors for a little bit. Clay Thompson had an incredible 42 point game, the most points he scored in a game without Steph and Draymond on the court. Um, a little quote from Clay about last night's game. He said, it's all about hunting great shots, and that's what I did. Um, clearly, because he went 12 for 17 from three, and he only had two uh, field goal attempts that weren't threes, and he didn't make them. So all of his points came from six free throws and 12 threes. So a uh, hell of a performance. Just uh, It's so cool to see a guy that's been, you know, um, burdened with injuries in the past, Get, getting a lot of slander. Yeah, just getting. As you were telling me, joking before the podcast, uh, Charles Barkley last year, telling him if he didn't figure out how to shoot, he's going to be working at DoorDash. Yeah, he's, a lot of yeah. stuff like that going around. You know, just because he utterly was just in such a funk that. Yeah, and and that's tough too. Like you, you feel for a guy like that who before his injuries was was a problem. I mean, like, a consistent problem. 
And then you saw you saw flashes of it in the playoffs with like Game Six Clay in the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. and then um, not so much, not so much in the in the finals. But um, yeah, that was just Curry. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I know super super cool to see uh, Clay, you know, back in that in usual form. Yeah, and coming from like an outsider's perspective, not really a Warriors fan. That's type. Those are the type of games that. Um, you hope for when your team's playing a shit team like the Rockets. The Rockets, I'm pretty sure, are 13 and 45. So when you when you know your team's going to get the win that night, it's good for something else to come out of that. You know, you Absolutely. know the win's There's probably guaranteed. Yeah. it's not like a hard fought win. Uh-huh. It's a it's a we got I mean, clay hot. You know, yeah, like you yeah, need yeah, yeah. like you when you when you're a fan of a team and you're playing a bad team, you're hoping you're getting something else other than a win. Like absolutely, because when you and if you lose to a bad team, then it's just awful. But you're always hoping for something else when you get a situation like that. So I think that was best-case scenario for the Warriors, especially because they're going against a struggling Rockets team that wasn't going to do anything. You knew you guys were going to win that game, you know? Yeah, yeah, especially coming off a, a tough tough game against the, the new-look Lakers, um, which I thought, you know, we probably should have won um, if we wanted to be – if we wanted to head in the right direction for the rest of the season, which I think we're going to be fine, but – um, I mean, you didn't have Curry and um, Wiggins, which aren't which right. Are yeah, yeah, of pieces, course. So. Um, the Lakers were like, if you look at it, the Lakers without good their new roster is they yeah, should have. They no, they needed. A, yeah, that's a team I think people should look out for just because, um, with their new lineup and it's all new, about shooting for yeah, me. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's really Malik Beasley is low key a really good three point shooter. Um, so yeah, I think their team. Kind of getting off topic here, but I think yeah, definitely. No, that's good. Man. The Lakers were um, definitely people need to watch out for Lakers, given that you know LeBron's still there. Yeah, for me, I, the only question before we move on from the Lakers, the only question I have about the Lakers is they have shown that they can shoot the ball with this new look, but is it going to be consistent enough? I that's my only concern. Yeah, no, like that's the question. Overall, they have the shooting. But is it going to be consistent enough? And I feel like every time I talk to my buddy Aiden, who's a huge Laker fan, I'm always like, yeah, they have the pieces now. But in the playoffs, are they going to, like, are you going to be able to rely on Malik Beasley to hit six threes? Because right, like, right. that's what you're going to need. You're not going to be able to win against these teams like the Suns and the Warriors without yeah. great shooting. Even before the league had switched to such a three point shot driven league, LeBron's. If you look at all of LeBron's success in the in the postseason, shooters. every single team has shooters. Exactly. Because he he's gonna go to the rim, he's gonna get you points. That's not something you gotta worry about. It's gonna be hard to stop him. It's it's <clears throat> who can he pass to? Yeah, who right? can who who's gonna hit the open shots? Right. And then you have A D who can also control the paint and the mid range a little bit. But if your game is only from the mid range in you're not going to win in the modern NBA. You just can't. You have to have some shooters. You can get outscored from the three-point line, but it can't be those getting outscored by 20-plus. Right. And, you, you, that, and that's the concern for the Lakers. It's not going to be that. It's going to be the, are we getting outshot by a lot? 100%. And, and I don't want to, before we even go on to the next topic, as far as your Blazers, like, are you thinking, because I know you don't have a lot of hope and and – you know, rightly so. I mean, your your franchise has, has performed poorly given what they've um, given the t- the amount of talent they had um, in the past. 
but do you think maybe that you have enough shooting? Is that is that your main concern with the with the the Blazers right now being a, a playing team? My concern with the Blazers is it's just it's just the facts. Like everyone says it, Dame doesn't have another star. Right. And you Jeremy Grant's a great twenty a night guy, but he's not an all star. He's not a he's not a superstar player. He's a third option on a really good team. And him being the second option on the Blazers, you're gonna get this mediocre five hundred type team. You're not gonna and okay. and I'm just gonna be real. Anthony Simons is way too inconsistent. Right. His his ceiling is so high, but he somehow is still only like a he's like a twenty two a night guy, but if the Blazers wanna run like and be really really competitive. They need Anthony Simons to be like a twenty six to twenty eight a night guy, and I just never will. I never see Anthony Simons being that. So that's my only concern. Right. Like Anthony Simons is a great off the ball guard, but if the Blazers don't have another like superstar type player, they just will never be good. In my yeah. opinion, they're just never gonna compete for in the playoffs. Yeah, that. I mean Anthony Simons is only twenty three. Do you think that's it's? Do you think it's too early to? To give up if, on a player? I'm not giving up on him. I just think if... I don't know if he could average 26 to 28 on like a championship caliber gotcha. team. I think he can average that number, but be on a very... Like, if you put Anthony Simons on like the Houston Rockets right now, I think people would be shocked of how many points he gets a night. Mm-hmm. I think he is a true scorer. It's just, is it going to be meaningful scoring? You know, like, yeah, I, yeah, like yeah. it's such like a... Oh, 100%. It's such a tough topic because a lot of people don't realize is it going to be meaningful on a winning team and i feel like a lot of the stats that he puts up aren't always that meaningful yeah like it doesn't yeah. feel like he's like altering the game enough he has like a quiet 20 most i times. got you yeah the, i mean the games we've watched together it, it feels like he's he's got so much potential that's why mm-hmm. i'm a little hesitant to like i'm not saying move on from him right just, no i i wasn't suggesting yeah. that i just mean like I think with that much potential, it, someone just needs to, on the coaching staff, or maybe that's him personally, harnessing that talent and drawing from it consistently, right? Yeah, Because, yeah, sure. 100%, like, like you were saying earlier, it's the inconsistency mm-hmm. with him that's kind, of, that's kind of tough because he's such a good player. When he's hot, it's... It's, it's ins- like it's, it's similar to Jordan. Him. It's similar to Jordan Poole. Yeah, like, like you watch Jordan Poole without Steph Curry and um, Clay. Sometimes right. he struggles, and the, I feel like the reason people put Jordan Poole in a level higher than Anthony Simons is because he has two Hall of Fame shooters around him. Yeah, if Anthony Simons was in the same spot Jordan Poole is, he would have this, in my opinion, the same exact success. They'd be like very, very similar players. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a huge difference between an Anthony Simons and a Jordan Poole, in my opinion. I feel like they're like almost they're, they they have better strengths than each other, but I feel like they're almost that same type of twenty two a sure, night guy. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and then just that all the inconsistency. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, do you want to talk about the Knicks now? Oh uh, yeah, I mean this show doesn't really highlight a lot of the Eastern Conference teams as much, but the Knicks last night beat the Wizards, and I had to talk about Julius Randle dropping forty six. It's just showing you how this league's changing so much into a scoring league. He he dropped forty six on sixteen to twenty nine shooting in seven for fourteen from three. Triton, that's just uh, here's here's where I'm, I'm I'm my my mind's going crazy. Um, 
Yeah. So last night he put up 46, correct? Yes, 46. <laughs> 46. Standing in at 6'8", 250 pounds, he hit what? Seven threes. Seven threes. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Six foot eight, 250 pounds. And seven threes? Seven threes. Like I know he had a bad year last year, and I know he got a lot of slander about how bad he was last year, but I don't think people recognize how good Julius Randle is. He averages 25 a night. Like He's probably the most underrated player in the NBA right now, in my opinion. Averaging <clears throat> averaging 25 a night on almost 50% shooting. I know his three-point shooting is not that great. Like, yeah. last night was obviously one of those nights where you're like, oh my goodness, yeah. he had a hell of a shooting night. But yeah. him shooting 46% from the field and having 25 a night, that's that, that says a lot to yeah. me. Well, we were, uh, we've talked about this before, how like crazy the NBA is. Like Anybody on any night, it could be the last guy on the bench, it could be the star, can give you 40 anybody that's how much talent these guys have just like at malik monk last night right right with 45 i think as you were saying this is such a such a scoring league now i think for like as far as like the the old head argument of like we need more defense Mm -hmm. here's where i'm like i'm torn in that argument because when the scoring is good and the stars and the bench players and they're all putting up insane numbers, no, we don't need defense. But <laughs> when it's the, it's those games where no one can score and yeah. it's not like and the defense is still not good. It's just it's just YMCA it's YMCA basketball. basketball, dude. Like that's what's so. Yeah, that's where I'm torn is because like yeah when you watch games where where the guys where guys are just getting buckets right like Cam Thomas had like a three game stretch where he was just balling out recently but then you have and then look at the Nets last night they had 35 points going into the fourth quarter yeah they like 40 yeah, yeah. They, they were not right so it's just such a it's such a swing from side to side it's like some nights it's great. Some nights it's, mm, yeah. you know, it's it's tough to watch. Yeah. Um. So just to finish up on the Knicks, do you think the Knicks can win a playoff series with the unit they have? With, oh, man. with, they're. I'm not exactly sure where they are in the standings, but they've been they've been quite impressive. All right. So this is their this is their starting lineup. They got Jalen Brunson, Quinton Grimes. I don't know who that is. R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. Quinton Grimes is a guard from Houston. Okay. You'd know him if you saw a picture okay. of him. And then they have Emmanuel Quickly. I like Emmanuel Quickly. I think he's really Josh Hart, yeah, Obi Toppin, really and Hartenstein off the bench. That's a solid bench. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah, they can win a playoff series, of course. If they get a right matchup, that's yeah, my. Yeah, dude, thing. look at the standings. Who are they like? Okay, let's say the season ended today. They're the sixth seed. They would play either the they the play Ra- the Raptors or uh, Wizards. No, nah, they would play either the. Um, they probably play the. Um, 76ers because it'd be a 3-6 matchup oh yeah yeah yeah. uh but i think that they i think they can get my opinion i think they can they're gonna end up hopping the nets the nets are gonna have a fall off they might still be a playing team but i think they're gonna hop the nets in a matchup against the Cavs. i think they have a chance i don't think they're gonna win it but i do think they have a chance i don't i don't know i just because the utter fact that the Cavs. this is the first year of the donovan mitchell darius garland Usually, when you put two guards together, 
it takes a few years to right. get and them. Right, who do the Cavs have that can guard besides Mobley? Mm-hmm. Who do the uh, they have as Jared far as Allen? Depth? Uh, I mean, yeah, but still. No, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, that's just there. I don't. Yeah, I think I think that's a a great series. Yeah, I think that that could be a really good series. Um, and I do, I could see the uh, the Knicks winning that. So yeah, I think they can win a playoff series. But I, I think that's it. I think that's their ceiling mm-hmm. this year. For yeah, sure. they need a they need a star. They need by a. The way, by the way, as far as the Knicks go, Jalen Brunson, he was catching a lot of slack in free agency. The Knicks, for for people were saying they were reaching, giving him this money. He's having a hell of a season. He's earned every dollar. Of yeah, that contract. he's absolutely yeah. eating. He's uh-huh. having a hell of a season. So yeah. Uh, so I just want to put that in there. Yeah, uh-huh, for sure. Lastly, what's we want to talk a little. Um, what was your last? Uh, the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks. We oh wanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hawks. Want to finish um, up with a little news? We know that Nate McMillan got fired, so you can yeah, go into yeah. little details. For yeah. Us. So, um, man, if you watch the if you watch the Hawks when Nate McMillan was coaching there for for a minute, it was getting rough. A lot of a lot of drama coming out of the locker room. Buttonheads. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the flack Nate McMillan was getting was that he was too old school um, and that he was um, too set in his ways. Um, and I think that's that's an interesting point to talk about uh, on, on any level of coaching, especially on a professional level, um, is how that how a coach has like a responsibility in my opinion to to utilize the strengths of your players and if your system works with one team don't assume it's going to work with another team you have to play to your strengths you have to work with your roster and i think that coaches that don't do that in this league especially now moving forward they're just going to they're just gonna drop like flies. Yeah, um, and and just to follow up, I think in my opinion, I believe the Hawks jumped the gun on Nate McMillan. McMillan, they he had really early success. They went to the Eastern um, Conference Finals that one year. Yeah, and I just think, and they lost in six, I think, to the Bucks. So it's not like they got swept in that Western mm-hmm. or the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. But in my opinion, it was just a little too early to give them that type of contract. I think they were like. I think sometimes NBA teams get on such like a hot run in the playoffs that they instantly are like, oh, this is all it has to do with the coach, and we're giving them a long-term contract. And it's like, well, sometimes that's the case. And sometimes your team's just playing great ball at that time, you know? Right, yeah. Sometimes all the pieces come together, and there's no friction whatsoever, and the, and the machine just works and works and works. And, <clears throat> and when you bring in a star like DeJounte Murray, who – up to this point has been kind of um, disappointing as far as like preseason expectations. Um, and then that that machine no longer works as well as it did. I think the coach has has to see that and say, okay, well, let's try this. Let's try something else. Clearly, whatever the fuck we're doing is not working. Yeah, for real. And I think like, especially like in a situation like this new... Uh, extension that Jacques Vaughn got from um, um, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, like I think he's an exceptional coach from what I've seen. And I, I'm i very, very interested to watch him the rest of the season to see... Because it seems like they're in a rebuild. Right, because now that his team is no longer the same, 
how does he how does he react and how does he change that that's I'm super interested to see where that goes um, and I think that um, I think that that could be a really interesting storyline um, in the second half of the season um, but on to the future of the Hawks um, Quinn Snyder the uh, old coach for the Utah Jazz um, is headed their way um, likely to be the next head coach um, just some quick stats on Snyder that are very um, um, uh, attention raising uh, he made six straight playoffs when he was coaching the Utah Jazz and he had the NBA's seventh best winning percentage during his tenure with the Jazz. And so I think that um, I'm not sure how he's going to be with the Hawks. You know, I think we'll we'll get to see a little bit of that in the next coming weeks. Um, but I think if he... You know, if he uses the if the players he's got and he formulates a system that works with their strengths and hides their weaknesses, then um, I don't see why the Hawks could couldn't make some noise in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I mean, they they absolutely have the talent, don't you think? Yeah, my only for me the only concern with the Hawks would be that they were the players wanted a young coach and they did not get a young coach. Uh, I don't know how new school. Um, Quinn is so for me it's just like a you fired this coach because the players were begging you to fire him and then the next guy you hire is not really what the players were looking for and when I when I see um Quinn's like coaching career with Utah they were such a great regular season team but when the playoffs came they never got it done and I feel like a lot of a lot of Utah Jazz fans that was their only problem with Quinn was Whenever the playoffs, everyone, all the players loved them, but as like a fan base and as like a whole organization, whenever they got in the playoffs, they didn't live up to the expectations. They weren't yeah. they weren't the team they were in the regular season. Right. The, those few years with the Jazz, the Jazz were a top three seed, like probably like three or four years in a row, and they ended up just not being anything in the playoffs. Right. I think um, I think that's a really great point. Thank you for bringing that up because I didn't even it didn't even think about that. Um, as far as regular season success not really translating to postseason success, which I think is exactly how the Hawks have been mm-hmm. um, besides their Eastern Conference Finals run. Um, but I think in in defense of Quinn Snyder and maybe in, um, in defense of the Hawks uh, for going for him, uh, I feel as if maybe when your team, um, the Jazz under Quinn Snyder... Their star was Donovan Mitchell. And he was going crazy. And he was, yeah, he was going crazy. But if your number two is Rudy Gobert and your backcourt partner is Mike Conley, I don't really think that's a very good postseason team, in my opinion. So I think, I don't think it, it may not have been coaching. It very well, very well may have been coaching. But I think that maybe it was. A lack of, a lack of, uh, guard play, a lack of scoring guard play, and um, that may have contributed to some of their lack of postseason success. But um, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to watch um, moving forward in the second half of the 
NBA season. But um, on to some college basketball. Who do you want to who do you want to talk about, Austin? Um, well, March is in a few days, and college basketball is heating up. Uh, we're just going to go through a few teams that I think, or a few teams that I think have what it takes to win the win it all. For me, I think that my favorite at the moment would probably be. I just don't see Kansas. Kansas re- I don't. I don't think Kansas is going to repeat. So for me, I I really like Alabama. I think Alabama has the has the pieces. They have the resume. They they have a lot of tough wins. They beat they beat Houston, um, who's the number one team in the nation right now at Houston. They take care of Memphis, who Memphis isn't an easy team. They have wins against teams like uh, Michigan State. They have some t- battle tested wins. And in my opinion, um, I recently saw that all their losses are against quad one teams, which are like the best teams in the nation. So for me, I really just think that that Alabama with Brandon Miller, as long as as long as he stays out of the the charges that were brought to light this past week, and if he stays on the team, I really like Alabama in my opinion. And I think their defense is a really is really solid, and they have a lot of they have they they have enough on their roster of guys that have been there. We have they have enough seniors and juniors with the young talent to like make it work, you know. Like a lot of teams in March will have like a all freshman roster, you know, like the Duke when they had Cam Reddish, Zion, and RJ Barrett. They had all that talent, but they are all way too young in my opinion. And I feel like overall you're gonna see more of a, like a balanced team win it all. Every year you see a team with three three seniors in the starting lineup and two freshmen or like a few juniors in there you know you you have a lot more experience you have teams that have been to the dance and i think that alabama is going to is going to have the best opportunity to win it all in my opinion uh i like that pick <clears throat> um everything i've seen from brandon miller has been exceptional i mean 42 points especially with the week he had off the court to come onto the court and uh, and to and to be just an animal. I mean that to hit the game winner too. Like he was, man, he was something else watching that. Um, <clears throat> but I think as we've seen um, in past years, is the the success from teams in March Madness is very much related to backcourt the point guard and the shooting guard how well those players are um and i think i think bama has a pretty solid backcourt i also think houston has a great backcourt i'm not thrilled with the number one team sasser and shed are very very good yeah i'm not sure um i don't think they can i don't know it's just something about being ranked the number one team going into march that is kind of like bad juju in my opinion yeah for real um you could be a one you could be a one seed but being that number one overall seed it's just that's like a big target on your back yeah i'm 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 not in a position to give a a surefire like guess as to who's gonna win right now but i can tell you what will not be kansas only reason i know that is because last time someone won back to back was the Gators, the Florida Gators in 2005, 2006, and then 2006 and 2007 with Joakim Noah and Al Horford. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen. And then 
after that it was in the 90s so i just i don't think it's going to be that close i don't think it's going to be yeah that. it's i think college basketball is too even too evenly spread as far as talent goes um man i've i've liked what i've seen out of kansas state when they get they get rattled but they don't they get rattled but they don't they don't run in hide yeah. I think yeah, I think they they always fight back. Um, I also think I don't like Arizona. Arizona has lost some pretty bad teams. Um, yeah, they 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 lost today against Arizona State on a crazy shot. So I can't really I can't really blame them for that loss. But yeah. it was at home, and they probably should have took care of business. Yeah. I I personally like UCLA a lot too. I similar to the Alabama. I think they have a good mixture of old players with young players, and I think UCLA has like the 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 roster at least to make some noise in the um tournament in my yeah. opinion i think they could i think they're gonna be at least an elite eight team in my opinion okay yeah i, I just I, I don't know if they're gonna win at all but i think I, ucla is like one like in my opinion they're a guaranteed yeah uh, yeah i, I really elite like eight team uh-huh um i definitely see them making a lot of noise in in march I really enjoy Baylor as well. That backcourt with Adam Flagler and Keontae George is really good. Um, oh, man, trying to pick a winner is going to be so, so tough. Making yeah, a bracket. Yeah, no, I, we're obviously not making a bracket right now. But, but to end with, you kind of already gave a sneaky team, Kansas State. Um, a sneaky team that I really like is University of Miami. Mm. Last year they were... They, last year, I'm pretty sure they made it all the way to the Elite Eight, and they pretty much brought back that entire team. So they have that experience, and they kind of been floating under the radar. They're 22-5, and five, and they're ranked 13th in the nation, so they're kind of not getting that appreciation that, in my opinion, they deserve. And they got a shooting guard whose name is Wong, and he's he's quite cold, in my opinion. Isaiah Wong, who averages 16 a night. And they have a good backcourt, like you were saying. It's very important. Yeah. And a sneaky team that I think can make a lot of noise in March Madness is University of Miami. Yeah, Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong. Yeah. That backcourt's really well. Um, a sneaky team going into the tourney, I would say someone like... Oof. I would say someone like TCU. Yeah, who's Watch in a out. tough comp tough conference they're in a very very tough conference they're ranked 24 um in the in the ap poll they recently just dropped out of the coaches poll but um tcu yeah they have a really really good backcourt as well with um mike miles jr and damian baugh they only lost i they they went one they went one and one this week and they only lost to kansas by five they, which, pick, they picked up a good road win against Kansas, Texas Tech. Yes. But. Kansas by five, which is the third best team in the nation. So I, I like TCU as like a as a sneaky team. Um, or like any type of Big Ten. Or, yeah, I think. I or think, Big 12. Because Big 12, I feel like the Big 12 is clearly the best conference. Absolutely the best conference in basketball right now, college mm-hmm. basketball. It's not even a, not even a question. Um, by the way, Pac-12, let's, let's, let's figure it out, huh? Yeah, let's, we're going, let's we're going to the out. Oregon game tonight, but um, we've already kind of given up hope that Oregon season is done, and the only chance we have is if we um, win the Pac-12 tournament, which is not likely. And I'm not gonna, 
I'm not going to go out and say that it's right. going to happen or that we have like a yeah. like a real good chance, but we at least have like a puncher's chance. You yeah, know? I think um, like Bill Walton always says, college basketball is better when the Pac-12 is better. And so it's not. It's not good right now. So I don't know what we got to do, but we got to figure it out. But um, March, like you always say, Austin, this is your favorite tournament ever. Yeah, it is my favorite. This tournament. is. I think this is going to be a really good March, and I don't think anyone has a chance of getting a perfect bracket this year because it, the talent is way too even. Yeah, I'm going to be picking up a lot of. I'm going to be picking a lot of upsets. A lot of twelve versus five. I'm going to be picking a lot of twelve. I cannot wait to disappoint myself again this year with my bracket. Yeah, we just got to pick a lot of upsets. I feel like with even with. I feel like college basketball is so even. Even like teams like Grand Canyon, like teams in that type of conference. Sure. I know like a Utah Valley played Oregon this year who's in the same conference as um, Grand Canyon. They beat Oregon, you know? I know Oregon's not that great this year, but it just shows you the talent levels in college basketball are not that far off from Any, the high level. It, yeah. It's a lot different than college football. College football, you have the SEC and the SEC schools, and then you have the Power Five who are all really good, and then you just have... Complete dog shit. Everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think college basketball is in a really good spot right now um, as far as not having any dominant team, right? Because even like last year, you saw North Carolina kind of shocked a lot of people. Oh, yeah. They weren't for, there for a while. They weren't even a, well, like, were they a, they weren't even a tournament. They weren't even a tournament team there for a while, but they ended up being an eight. Right. And then as you can see now with the way North Carolina season has gone, that was kind of clearly, uh, you know, just... They got hot at the right um, time. Yeah. You, oh, that's all it takes, man. Like, any college basketball team, any D1 college basketball team can beat another team. St. Peter's. Any night. Any night. Any night. Even, that's why March Especially Madness, if you have a bad night. Well, that's why March Madness is so exciting. So, we're totally pumped to start picking our brackets um, and yeah, we like like some of these sleeper teams: TCU, Miami, Baylor, Kansas State, Kansas State, yeah. and then like the the obvious favorites like the Houston's, the Kansases, the and, uh, UCLA's, and the, the Al- Alabamas. You know. Yeah. Well, can we before we move on to to some just hang hanging questions? Yeah, yeah um, I want to say I don't think Purdue it's going to do anything. Does it have to do with them having an? Almost all white starting lineup. That doesn't help. That is true. Look at a few years back, Iowa was like a two seed and they had an all white lineup and Oregon knocked them out in the round of 32. So, like, I'm just saying, all white lineups usually don't equal success in March. I'm just letting you know. When was the last time uh, all white lineup won March Madness? If anyone that listens to the pod can, can tell me what the last time an all white lineup won March Madness that wasn't in the 1950s. That that's that's impressive. They, I, I also I just don't like their guard play. I don't think their guard play is going to be efficient enough, especially when we get okay. Say they make it past the round of thirty-two. Once you get to these more talented the second teams, weekend, yeah. Once you get to these more talented teams, all of them have great guards. That is the staple of March Madness. Every winning team has at least one good guard or a huge big that can make up for it, and I just don't think. Zach Eady is that kind of big that can make up for it. I mean, the dude's seven foot four. I mean, they also have this freshman from Stockholm who's seven foot two. So they're just mountains down in the paint. But I think I think their guard play, their lack of talent at the guard 
is going to oh, come yeah. back to haunt them in the in the March Madness. So I just don't. I think they're highly overrated, especially going into going into March. So if if you're making a bracket this year, stay away from Purdue. Stay away from stay Purdue. Per, stay away from Purdue past the round of six or after the Sweet Sixteen. You know. Yeah, for sure. All right. So do you want to get into some bullshit and shooting the shit <laughs> questions? Shooting the shit questions. All right. What is your go-to cereal, and what is a really, really underrated cereal? Uh, my go-to cereal would probably be um, probably like a Lucky Charms. I really love Lucky Charms. Ooh, like Lucky Charms just go insane. Or uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is probably my Cinnamon Toast Crunch is probably my final answer. CTC, yeah, so book it good. I'm definitely going there. Um, this one's gonna. No one's gonna agree with me on this one, but my <laughs> underrated cereal is Cheerios. Just original Cheerios. Not even they're Honey go- Nut. They're goaded. They're Not so even. They're the so honey good, nut dude. Cheerios. Regular Cheerios, no cap, are one of my favorite things you to eat. Want, Triton, Triton knows this. I get them every you time like I go. Bland ass, like that's just what is that? It's just wheat. Dude, it's so good. That's not. It's not. I I disagree. Cheerios are elite, bro. I okay. love Cheerios. All right, and, and an underrated cannot be like like a like a fruity pebbles. That's not underrated, dude. Fruity pebbles is overrated. No, but no, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you can't be like you can't pick a top cereal. No, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I I think fruity pebbles is overrated totally. Mm-hmm. But um, ah, my go-to cereal I would say is like a uh, a Lucky Charm is always good. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Honestly, this answers and qualifies for both. Underrated and my go-to, frosted mini wheats. I don't think people put enough respect on frosted mini wheats. Yeah, I really like golden grams too. Yeah, golden grams, dude. Those are yes, tough. those if, are tough. Golden grams are so fucking if good. If you're not in the mood for a cinnamon toast crunch, and you want a cheaper version, golden grams. Golden grams. Golden grams. So shout good. out. Underrated golden grams for so, the win. Golden grams. So, so good. good. Oh my gosh, dude! You're bringing me back to memory lane with those golden grams. Golden grams are so tough. good. All right, um, this one's kind of basic one, so you can take this um, on any route you want. Like, if you had like a, I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it one wish instead. If you could like make one wish that isn't money, isn't money because everyone's gonna everyone's gonna be either. yeah. I mean, it makes billion sense. dollars, no shit. I, I no, agree. No I would shit, bro. I, I, I agree. You, but like. I agree. I'm not saying that's a bad pick, right. but like, no shit. If you say if you say you have one wish and you wish for a billion dollars, I agree. Great pick, but like, it's like a, it's the obvious, undisputed number one pick. Absolutely, absolutely. So, one wish can't be money. Um, I want a lifetime can fly anywhere in the world. At any time, I want a private jet, and that—that's the answer right there. And if you have a private jet and you can fly any world, anywhere in the world at any time for no money, like that's the answer. Like that, you can go anywhere you want. Like I could have three hundred dollars in my bank account, but I have a and, private jet and I can go fly anywhere and go do whatever I want with my three hundred dollars. You know, like that's still sick. Right. That's that is absolutely my answer as well. I'd love to travel, and if you're telling me I could travel private for free anywhere in the world all the time whenever you want every weekend i'm going somewhere different yeah exactly like my life could be complete dog shit i could be working 
60 plus hours a week working my fucking ass off laying concrete but if i had if i got to right. travel and go anywhere right. i want every weekend if i wanted to like say yeah. obviously some weekends you're just going to hang but like it the ability to just go anywhere in the world on a weekend is so fucking cool yeah think about some of these some of these like young adults who are like our age but are working mm-hmm. and they're working five days a week but then when the weekend comes they go out and drink imagine if you could do that but in like paris you could go out and drink in paris yeah you could be ripping cigs <laughs> darts just smoking darts you can Parisian be ripping streets. you can be ripping cigs in france you know yeah i mean like you could go any that's so cool like no matter what age i think a free flight to anywhere in the world is still cool yeah like just the it's, ability. it's an adventure you're, you're imagine like i could just be like adventure. we're going we're going to the bahamas right now and we get to go sit in 85 degree weather the whole fucking weekend you know how sick that would be yeah like yeah i won uh one last question and then and then we'll get out of here <clears throat> which do you prefer talking on the phone or texting uh, for me, personally, it matters who I'm talking to the fo- phone on. Like, if I'm talking to my girl on the phone, I prefer to talk on the phone over text. But right. if I'm talking to you and it's just something short, yeah. I'll just text you, you know? Right. Like, it's just like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like a case-by-case. Case. Yeah. If I had to pick, I'd probably go texting just because the other fact that I wouldn't want to have to call someone every time. Sure. There was, like, a little. Sure. I, here's where I agree with you. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make a caveat to it a little bit. I wish that like kids our age could make it normal to call people again. Yeah, like it's so. I feel like if it's you're gonna such, call someone, it's such like you communicate so much better too. Yeah, it's it's so. I feel like kids our age are so like hesitant to call people because it's it like weird, it's yeah. weird. Yeah, like, like or, it's, or it's like something must be happening because one of my friends is calling. <laughs> yeah, it's like right. When, like one time Adam called me about something and I thought there was something wrong yeah. and it and it ended up just asking me a question about like our trip to Seattle and these two dudes but like right exactly like it could be something as silly as like hey dude I was just wondering what you thought about this yeah. or like hey man are we are you coming over today or are we hanging out or what mm-hmm. like yeah why can't we just like make it normal to like call people and then you use text as more of like a convenience thing of like, yes. like so when you just see like a short thing, just be like, hey, I need it. I'm going to go do this just to let you know, you know, like stuff right. like that. Like yeah. you don't really need to talk, call them. There's certain things where you don't need to call. I agree. Yeah. There are certain circumstances where the text is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, I'm off of work at five o'clock. Like, right. sweet. You and don't need, I don't need, I don't need you to call me. Right. If we're going to talk. And say, hey, I'm off work at five. Give me a call. It's like, no, just text just, me. Just text me and then tell me you're going to call me yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and plus all the messages that you need to get across would get across without any like wondering, oh, what was the tone behind this? Are they angry? Are they sad? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like we need to be able to, <laughs> I feel like we would, we need to be able to, to, to call our peers like. I don't know. It just feels like right now, um, texting is kind of like taking over, and it, it feels like Snapchat. Snapchat. That is a good one. All right. Um, one more question. One more. Might as well, man. One all more. Right, all, right, all right. So, what would your role be on a reality TV show? Oh, I'd be the menace. I'd stir shit up. I like if I was on the Kardashians or like a show like that, like yeah. where it's like all about like females. 
like I would just stir the drama. Like I'd be like Scott. I'd just be like you would stir ask, in the stir you, in the pot. You would ask questions deliberately to make them have an argument. Yeah, that's hilarious. I would like stir the pot. You're the, the person pot. that everyone loves pot. on like a on a react. You would be the guy everyone would love because like yeah, they, they, he makes all the viral moments. He has all the cl- <laughs> he doesn't get involved. Yeah, no, I'm just like oh. Did you hear about who she hooked up with yeah, last yeah, night yeah, yeah. and like stuff like that? And and I like, just what? be like, I just be yeah. stirring the pot. That'd that's, be my that's job. Fire. I feel like um, you'd be the great guy. You'd be like, you'd be like <laughs> awesome. Like, oh my god, I wish that was my husband type guy on the show. That'd be that's. I feel like on like a show where like where that like is an option. I think so. Yeah, but like, what about like a show like like Love Island where it's or like, like Duck Dynasty? <laughs> <laughs> just totally. <laughs> Oh, I'd be the one in camo in Duck Dynasty. Yeah. Um, I think for like a show like Love Island, I feel like I'd be the one. I'd be like the one guy, like totally like the audience could get behind. They'd be like, "See, this guy knows what's going on. Is totally fucking weird. He's like not yeah, buying no, into I would know shit. it, but I'm like the guy that would know it, but would just keep stirring the pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, guys, I'm clearly trying to stir the pot. Here. I clearly know this show is just complete bullshit, but I really want to stir the pot. Right. This is. People watching this, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. Like yeah. this cannot be that entertaining. Yeah, this show is right. This show is dog shit. Let's be real. <laughs> like, let's be honest. What are we doing? Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a. I'd, I'd be the guy who's like, yeah, what's going on is totally ridiculous, and no one seems to admit it but me. So, and then the, like the producers would be like, we don't want this guy. Back yeah, this guy's not good television. Yeah, this guy's telling just, the truth. Who wants yeah, to hear the truth? No one wants to. This hear is reality it. TV. No yeah. one wants the truth. No one wants real life. They want fake bullshit. They want fake reality. Yeah, they exactly. don't want real. They don't want real shit. Yeah. All right. That's uh. That's real all shit. We real shit. Never tell a lie. Real shit. Never tell a lie. <laughs> we'll end with we'll, we'll end with a little juice. Bars. Little a, a very shitty Juice World song <laughs> to end it off. <laughs> Juice World cover from Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, thank y'all for listening. Uh, new episode on Wednesday. We'll see you then.